I'm Kate. And I'm Jesse. And you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. <laughs> Let's do this. The Enneagram really takes a deep dive into the why behind that behavior. It gives you a path for growth. Welcome to Cocktails and Content Creation, the podcast dedicated to helping you easily create content with confidence. I'm Katie Andrews. And I'm Jesse Wyman. Welcome back to another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation, episode 47. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening? We'd love to know what you think. For today's episode, we're going to talk about your Enneagram type and how it can affect your content creation. But before we get into that, which is a really great discussion that we had on that, what are you drinking, Jesse? I am drinking a Moscow Mule, which is one of my favorite Yummy. drinks. So mm. yeah, it's just light and refreshing, uh, but also has that like, you know, the ginger beer does give it like a little bit of a spice flavor. So, so it's like fall. Like it's, yeah, I feel like it's perfect for the season. Like Yeah, fall, yeah. winter season. Mm-hmm. Definitely. No, mm-hmm. I totally agree. I do love a good Moscow Mule. That was one of my first drinks. So yeah, yeah, it was it. My sister introduced me to them, and I think it was more about and the, the little, little copper mug cup. than anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How did I, I like, know you? Oh, I was like, those are so good. It's just, yeah. it's such a unique drink. I what? What is the purpose of the cup? Do we know? It's supposedly, from what I know, is to keep it colder. Like the oh, really? Yeah, the copper actually keeps things more insulated so hmm. the drink stays cold because if you've ever grabbed the mug have you ever noticed yeah it is really it seems cold maybe yeah well if anybody definitely knows out there we'd love to know know why at least I would love to know why but that does make sense because yeah it does we have Moscow mule mugs do you have them yeah Give we do mug? we okay. do have I mean they're yeah. not full copper because getting like a full cop like oh my it's god copper plated so it's still like TJ Maxx or Marshall yeah it still fine. insulates you know yeah. better than like a regular glass would but yeah no getting like a full copper mug I feel like would be really hard to get especially right now I bet yeah oh no especially with supply chain issues yeah. it's like you know you can't get full on anything so well now that we've had that discussion out of the way let's get into our topic of the day Enneagram types with our guest Sarah Wallace Sarah Wallace is an Enneagram business and life coach who helps her clients and students enhance their visibility, messaging, sales, leadership, and overall quality of life by creating specific strategies that align with their personality, values, and goals to become more life-giving and less soul-sucking, which I think we all can get on that train. She is also the host of Enneagram MBA podcast, Elon Musk super fan, avid spinner, and always loves a good personal development book recommendation. So if you have one, send one her way. She's here today to talk with us about how your Enneagram type can affect your content creation. Sarah, welcome to the show. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. I appreciate you having me and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. We are too, definitely. But first, before we get into it, this is cocktails and content creation. So we must start off with what are you drinking today? Well, you know, I have a cup of hot spice cinnamon tea and I, I didn't know if we were doing video or not. Cause I brought my container in here. It tastes like those hot spice candies, you know, or like those red hot oh, candies. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I'm trying to drink less coffee. Um, cause I'm like a three cup of coffee kind of person. So I'm around four. So oh, I know. So I've been moving, I've been transitioning to this black tea and it's, it is really good, especially now that it's like moving into fall. It feels very appropriate. 
Is it really that spicy though? Like, is mm-hmm. it? It's not spicy, like hotness, but like, it's definitely like a so level on the above cinnamon, cinnamon level. Below yeah. Cinnamon. Okay. I yeah. can get on board with that. I could. Yeah. It's, it. it's really fun. Cause sometimes teas aren't as like full bodied, you know, as coffee. Like that's what I love about coffee. Sometimes I'll drink Same. matcha tea too, but mm. this is, this feels like obviously not full-bodied coffee, but it feels like very flavorful. Um, so I, I like I'm, chai. I'm I like it. chai. So yeah. That yeah. Is me like, too. Yeah. 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 It's going to be similar to that with like a little zing. Mm, okay. Ooh. I have to like check that out. I know. What was the brand? Yeah. And I was like, the brand is very important. So it is, um, let's see, Harney and Sons. Brand. Oh yeah. I recognize that box. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can get the box. And then I have like a ginormous bag too, because I, I go through it. So, so much this time of year. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's Kate's a, a big little... tea drinker. Cool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't, I'm so coffee and caffeine and coffee is like deadly. I get headaches. So you have the same amount of caffeine and tea it just releases slower oh so, it's okay. a, so you may not get like that instant boost but you get it sustained over time so that's what I need yeah I need yep. less of the jolts and more of the the flow yep. <laughs> exactly. well so now that we're getting into the flow of this tell us a little bit about your journey and what it is that you do yeah so just you know since we're on the the cocktails and content creation podcast I um started this content creation process myself when I was in a sales role for um, a publishing company. So I had five publications in the health and fitness industry that I would work with advertisers like treadmill companies and gym membership software companies um, to advertise both print and digitally, and then also um, at event sponsorships. So creating a message, you know, that was going to help them stand out was part of my job. Um, yes, selling the ad space, but then also helping them get noticed in a way that was different from others. So that's kind of where I started. I did not go to school for this. Um, that just kind of, you know, picked up real life experience. And so I was in that role for five years and there were parts that, um, I liked, and then there were, parts that I didn't like. And when we get into the Enneagram discussion, it's, it's interesting to kind of reflect back on why it was just not a fit for me. And one of those was just like the environment itself was very, felt very restrictive. And for my personality, like a cubicle is the worst thing in the world. Doing the same thing every day is like the worst thing in the world for me. So it ended up not being a fit in that way. But what I did was I took this risk (laughs) to step out on my own and start doing the pieces of the, the content creation marketing parts that I did like, which was a lot around social media. So then, um, kind of my baby step was helping some of my past advertising clients really focus on their social media presence and creating a message around that. And then as time has gone on, it's more about, um, just general visibility. And then most recently I moved into, um, an Enneagram certification program because what I noticed was, and, and, and I've listened to a couple episodes, I think it was the mindset one um, most recently that I played around, it, you know, we could talk about strategy 
all day long. We could talk about, here's your 30 day content plan. Here's exactly what to write. Here's ideas. And still it was difficult to hit publish. There would be writer's block. There would be putting something up, a video up, and then immediately taking it down. So clearly it's more than just the strategy, which is a very important, but there was something else. And that something else was that, that mindset, the self-doubt, the limiting beliefs, you know, that went into putting yourself out there, um, getting in the, the arena, like Brene Brown says, and being willing to be judged. And so pairing kind of that, the marketing strategy, visibility strategies with an understanding of your personality, what strategies work for you, not just what was working for somebody else. And then helping you kind of navigate around your unique blocks is where I'm at now. Well, I was just saying like a lot of our, a lot of our guests talk about, you know, the strategy and getting it done, but to your point, you know, and even we just had a recent conversation about this, you know, people still have those like blocks, whether it's time, whether it's the imposter syndrome, whether it's, you know, it just doesn't feel right. It's something is missing or just like the fear of like, who's going to read it and is there going and what the response or lack of response will be. So, um, I, I'm really interested to hear more about this in our conversation that we're going to have. So, um, but yeah, backing up a little bit, um, what is for those of us that don't know or listening and what is the Enneagram and like, just explain sort of high level what, what it is. Yeah. Such a good question. So, um, the Enneagram sometimes gets put in the, the bucket of personality, test assessments, which for the sake of this conversation, we can do that because it does give you a lot of insight about your personality. Um, the biggest difference, well, one of the biggest differences is that between like Myers-Briggs or like a strength finder is that it focuses on the motive behind the behavior. So when you can understand that, um, you can start to understand yourself on such a deeper level, not just, okay, I'm an introvert or I get triggered really easily and I have like, I'm very comfortable expressing anger, um, but it's like, why? And there is a motive behind why. So like, why am I afraid to put myself out there? Um, one of the mistakes that I used to make when I transitioned into my own consulting and really even, even prior to that was assuming that the reason why somebody didn't want to get visible or share their content was because of a specific reason. Well, there could be multiple different reasons behind that, that, that behavior. And so the Enneagram really takes a deep dive into the why behind that behavior. And then the other thing that it it helps you do is unlike just giving you, you know, four letters or here's your top five strengths. It gives you a path for growth. It's a very fluid tool. So it's not like, Hey, Sarah, you know, your type seven, and this is what it means to be a type seven. It's here are some common characteristics. Here's a key motivator behind that. But then you actually go to this other number and stress. And then when you're living your best life, you go to this other number. And then within the the seven, there's like three different levels of health. So you could be very unhealthy. You could be average. You could be very emotionally healthy. And so there's all these different things that play into it. So it it does get a little complicated, but at the same time, we're complex human beings. So I feel like it's, it's much more reflective and, and helpful than some of the other tools out there, but ultimately it's just a tool to help you to understand yourself better. So whatever tool works, use that one. And Mm -hmm. this was, was this developed by uh, psychologists or doctors or I don't know. 
Yeah, it, it has. And, and by the way, I forgot to say there's nine kind of personality archetypes that they go through and each one, and we can skim through those in just a little bit if you'd like, but yeah, it's, it, you know, Enneagram theory has it going back as far as like 2000 years and like the spiritual world. And then more recently in the 1900s, psychologists putting their touch on it. And then over time, like different people have kind of put their touch on it and added pieces so that it is what it, it looks like today. How can knowing your Enneagram type, you kind of, you kind of touch on this, but how can it specifically help you with creating your content, you know, for your brand, for your business, for, you know, social media? Yeah. Well, I made a list and I guess, let me know if you want me to go through it. I have a list of, um, kind of the motive behind your content creation and then maybe a block that you might have. Um, yeah, that'd be great. Okay. Okay. Um, so our type one is known as the improver or the perfectionist and just big picture. They're going to have this strong desire to improve things and to make them better. And so they're going to be driven to create content by this bigger, by this mission kind of bigger than themselves. And they're going to be looking at the world, the, like the, the, what's the common good for us. Um, not so much like focused on themselves and their experience, but how can I help those around me and very high, high integrity, very ethical. Um, so that's kind of going to be the driver overall of their, their content creation. And then, um, a block that they might have is this need to be perfect. And so a a lot of times, um, and we, by the way, um, we're all going to have pieces of these inside of us. Um, it's just one of these is typically driving the bus most of the time. So you might recognize multiple tendencies inside of you as we go through this, but their block is going to be spending too much time trying to make a single piece of content perfect. And I even can do this sometimes, like re-record the podcast, re-record the video five times, and it just takes forever sometimes to get out. And then the tragedy is when we can't get it, quote unquote, perfect, and then we never put it out. Um, The type two is called the helper um, they have a, a drive to help and care for others. They're always looking for ways to add value and to help others buy the content that they create. And I, I'm assuming most of your listeners here have some sort of business or side hustle that they're, they're using their content creation for. And the block for the two sometimes can be that they are only sharing helpful content and they never get to sharing about their paid services. And so it's just constantly adding value, adding value, but people never being able to buy from them. Um, The type three is called the achiever and they are very efficient writers. So unlike the ones they're going to be able to put out the content It may not be perfect, but they're going to get it out. And their strengths are going to be around creating efficient systems for their content creation. They're going to have very clear goals of why they're creating the content and, you know, how many times a week, how many times a month, what am I doing and understand who's reading their content and what they need to hear. Um, The thing that's going to sometimes bring them back or hold them back or get in the way is this um, need to feel validated through that content. So if they don't get the likes, the shares, the, the validation that doesn't perform right away, they think, gosh, it's just not working. So I must not be doing this right. 
Um, I want to pause for just a second. I don't want to do, is it, do you want me to keep going? Is this helpful? Is this too much? No, these are, these are so good. You're like, you're giving just the right amount of information. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm so it's, it's teasing people to kind of go and take their, I know I'm like thinking, cause I haven't taken the test yet. Kate has taken it. And I mean, I took it a long time ago, but I forgot. So maybe that like, maybe that reveals something about my personality, (laughs) but, um, but I'm like, to me, you to sound think- like a three so far, Jesse. I'm just saying, but oh, know, I could care but- less if I get likes like I- <laughs> as bad as that. Oh, sounds. no, no. I'm talking. Well, I'm talking about the I'm talking about the efficiency. Oh, yes. I could be the efficiency. Yeah. 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 Yes. That piece. Yeah, that you got that going on for you. Yeah. So keep going. This is okay. No, 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 okay. I just good. wanted to check in. Okay. So our type fours are known as the individualists, sometimes the artists, they are very creative. So they are the creative geniuses on the Enneagram. So they are going to be very deep. They're going to share really meaningful content. They're going to get vulnerable and it's going to be very authentic vulnerability. They're totally fine with sitting, sitting with uncomfortable feelings or situations. Um, and, and they won't always, they won't feel the need to put a positive spin on everything. I know sometimes we have like the hashtag good vibes only. Um, this is not them. They're going to be real and raw. Um, but, and they're going to be able to share things that people can really relate to. Um, the block for these type, this type is that, um, they are very focused, like their motive in life is to be unique and special and extraordinary. And so they have a hard time thinking that, oh my gosh, I have to completely share something new. I have to reinvent the wheel. I have to share something that's never been said or done before, which at this point in in the world is going to be very difficult to do. So don't let the fact that, you know, 20 other people are sharing something similar to you. You're going to be able to put your creative spin on it. Um, the type five is known as the expert or the observer. They are the ultimate thought leaders of the Enneagram. They're very curious. They are knowledgeable. They will deep dive into whatever subject it is they're studying, and they will be able to share quality, thorough, helpful content. Now, the thing that's going to sometimes keep them stuck from putting their content out there is this need to know everything. So their core driver in life is to feel capable, competent, and self-sufficient. And so to feel like they don't know the answer to something is, is very hard for them. And sometimes, you know, you put something out there and, um, you know, you may not know every single detail. Somebody might have a question that you don't know. You might be on a Facebook live and somebody asks a question and that's okay. Don't let the need to know everything stop you from sharing anything. Um, the type six is known as the loyalist or the troubleshooter. They are very good at distilling very complicated topics into these bite-sized, easy to understand pieces for their reader. Um, very, you know, great teachers, great guides. Um, the flip side of that though, can also be true for our type sixes where they might get blocked because they are taking so much information and they can see so much information that they just want to share it all. And so sometimes they can overwhelm their audience with too much information at one time. 
And then our type seven is known as the enthusiast or the, the multitasker. They are the visionaries on the Enneagram. They are very charming. They have, they come with a lot of excitement. Their content is going to be fun and bright and intellectually stimulating. Um, and they have a superpower of finding unexpected connections between things and, and making them make sense. Um, the thing that's going to keep a seven back sometimes is that they have a million ideas and they're brilliant ideas. It's just the follow through is harder for them. And so they might have a great idea. They might get inspired to start a podcast or a YouTube channel, but then the follow through is going to be the thing that they're going to need to pay attention to. Um, The eight is called the challenger or the protector. They are the, they are the protectors of the Enneagram. They have this fight in them for injustice in their industry, in their community, in the world. And they're going to express those injustices, let people know about what's going on with the direct communication. They are not afraid to stand up and share their opinions, expose those injustices, regardless of what others might think, the backlash that they might get. Um, And they're really going to protect those communities, those people that they really care about. Um, The thing that might block them from connecting with their readers, their watchers, their listeners is that they are terrified of vulnerable, being vulnerable. Um, And so they don't ever want to appear weak. So sharing anything about themselves tends to be difficult for our type eights because they don't want to be seen as weak or not having the strength um, for somebody to take advantage of them. Um, But as you know, you know, people really relate to other people and those stories really do connect and and make you stand out. So it is important to reveal what you choose to about yourself. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be your diary, but sharing, sharing something. And then the last um, type on the Enneagram is called the peacemaker or the mediator. They are very inclusive and open. They are able to sit in the gray. Our type ones are, are very much like black and white, wrong or right, this or that. Our type eights are, are able to hold space for both opinions um, and see multiple perspectives. And by doing that, really bring people together. And so the challenge sometimes, though, for our type eights is that they are so focused on keeping the peace and harmonizing um, that they will shrink themselves. And they will numb out their opinions and their feelings so that it doesn't rock the boat. They just want to go with the flow. So sometimes eights, when it comes to creating content, tend to feel invisible or that their opinion doesn't matter. So why even try? And a lot of times they're kind of in the average health of a type nine. They're so out of touch with what their opinion really is. Um, They need to do the work for them is to is to reflect and go inside. And what do I think about this? How do I feel about this? So, um, the, that's the, that's the overview. No, I'm glad. I'm so glad that you did that because it kind of just gave everybody a little nugget. And of course, of course, I'm sure everybody's sitting there thinking like, I could have this. And, and cause I was doing the same thing, even though I've taken the test, I can see this in me and I can see this in me and it's going to kind of encourage them to go take that test and figure out okay, what, what can I do to kind of get over my hurdles? What are mm-hmm. my hurdles? Is the, and that, I think yeah. that's, that's the first step is finding out those hurdles and then knowing how to get, you know, over them. So do you have any other tips for, before we get into my Enneagram, do you have any other tips for easily creating content based on your Enneagram type? You could be, 
apps or like a website resource, planning techniques? What would I you mean, say? I mean, even if you need to put the... like a specific example to it, like if you yeah, like you, it might be like... different for exactly. every type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I did make a quick list of each type. So this will go much faster. I think we can do it in like a minute or less. Please um, don't worry. Okay. I know sometimes going through each all nine sometimes can be a lot, but um, yeah, I think before I go into this, the thing, the, the tip that I will just share is that there is so many, um, the general tip that I'll share is that there's so many um, experts out there that are sharing what has worked for them and not to discredit them and not to discredit the the clients and customers that they have had that that proven strategy type of content has worked. The, the, the problem is believing that it's going to work for everybody. We are unique. We get inspired by different things, different things energize us. So the, the work for all of us is going to be before we jump on any type of content creation bandwagon or any specific platform is to think how, how, what is my personality? Like, how do I work? What motivates me? Do I see that aligning being something that's aligned long-term or something that I want to play with, even if it doesn't work and just going into it with that. If it doesn't work for you, you're not a failure. It doesn't mean you're not supposed to create content. It just means like maybe that wasn't the right strategy. So what I'm about to share um, is just a fun list. Take it with a grain of salt because um, this I'm very, I'm very much speaking to the stereotypes of each, each of these types. So just with that, it's supposed to be fun. You can pick and choose what you want with these. So I, I have for a type one, um, a great type of content to share on their social media or maybe a blog are, are those listicles, um, like creating top 10 lists, tip five lists, because they are very much, that's kind of how they love a good to-do list. Check that off. Um, I have for our type two to share actionable tips, teachings, lessons learned because they love to help people. Um, type threes known as the role model, the motivator, in addition to the achiever, like sharing motivational content. You know, we, we love, especially on Instagram, I know that that gets easily engaged with. Um, and, and that is something that they're going to have an easier access to, but we, we can all share that kind of content. Um, type four, I put um, to take something fun that's trending um, right now. I'm like so out of touch, like like I'm not with it at all, but I keep seeing those red flag posts. I don't know where that started. Do you know what I'm talking about? The red I've seen flag? them. I've seen them and it literally took me a minute to say, why I'm are so they putting these red flags? Okay. And I was like, wait, is it a play on, on like a red flag, right? I guess somebody did it. I don't know I don't who know. did it, but like somebody did it. And now I'm seeing it everywhere. And like, I don't know where it came from, but my point is that there's like always those kind of like fun trend things. And if you're with it enough to know what those are, then like use this tip um, to put your own spin on it. You know, don't feel like, oh my gosh, I have to spend all this time thinking of like the most creative reel or the most creative graphic or content to share. It's like, no, take something that's kind of trending that you find fun. And as a four, you're going to have no problem putting a unique creative spin on it. Um, I have, or, and also this could be your own content. So repurposing something that you shared three months ago, six months ago, and just putting a different graphic, putting a different spin on it, um, and reusing it, um, our type fives being the observer, a type of content that you could share is not feeling the pressure to be like, 
this is the way to do it, but just to share, Hey, this is what I'm observing in the industry. These are trends that I'm seeing kind of coming at it like a reporter versus like, I'm the expert who knows everything, which you absolutely could do, but sometimes that's a lot of pressure. So just taking note of like, this is what I'm seeing. What do you think? Um, type six are our analysts, um, being able to kind of distill that information. And so a great type of content that you could share in a blog podcast episode would be to take something kind of, kind of complex or like a big meaty topic and see if there's like three or five, like key pieces that your audience could really benefit from knowing without having to know everything about that topic. Um, type seven, they are in the, this grouping where they are very future focused with our threes and our eights. And so they're constantly thinking what's next. I mentioned they're very visionary. So, uh, um, a type of content that you could share is casting a vision for your audience. Like where are they at now and where could they be in the future? If they worked with you, continue to learn from you, whatever it might be, what's possible for them. And then type eight, um, I put con contrarian. <laughs> um, so this might be the content where, and I, I see it um, I'm following this person right now who does just this excellently. I don't know her type, but it's just a lot of eight energy right here. Um, where it's like, she's taking a stand against some of the online marketing common tactics that are used and really coming out and saying, that's not right. If you look deeper, this is what it is. And really taking a stand for ethical marketing. So, you know, you could, if there's something that's upsetting you that you feel like isn't right, um, shed light on it and kind of come at it with this, like, let's let, let's look at this a different way. It doesn't have to be aggressive or mean, but just kind of that, that, that energy there. And then lastly, the type nine, um, sometimes sharing their opinion is extremely difficult and that is okay. So when we're creating content, it's like meet yourself where you are. If you are forcing yourself to come up with like a stand and you're not sure, like, what do I stand for? What is my opinion on this? I don't know. I don't know. So I never put any content out. Start with resharing other people's content. So maybe you know, Instagram stories is a really great way. Like loved this you know, message from Sarah on this or my friend, or I learned something new. What do you guys think? Where it's like, you're sharing, you're being a resource, kind of a curator without having to put yourself out there in such a big way while you, you know, build your confidence to eventually get there at one point. Um, but that's a great way to start sharing content and start getting visible. These are all so good. I, I want to try all, all of them actually, I know. I even know. though, even though I know, so I am dun, 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 a four oh, yeah, and go. a seven. Okay. okay. So, but it's like equal. So I took the test that you had sent us and it's equal four and seven are like, they're right one next to each other like I don't need and then like the next one's five and eight and two they're all the same I have an eight and two okay so this is interesting this would be interesting to explore um and like the biggest this is like a very this happens but it's a very interesting um like top two and you're not the only one because 
sevens are the ultimate optimists on the Enneagram. Like they will put a positive spin. Like one of their defense mechanisms is reframing. So somebody comes to them with a problem and they're like, look at the silver lining. It's all, it's okay. Whereas fours are literally the opposite and they are right there. Like that sucks. Like, I'm not even going to try and solve it. Like, yeah, let's cry about this. Let's let, like, let me, I feel you. I have a lot of empathy for you. Um, and so one of the things, and if you don't want to answer, you don't have to, but one of the things to reflect on is how do you handle difficult situations, challenges? Are you putting the spin on it or are you, you know, letting the emotions come up? So for me, when I have a friend come to me and they're like, I have this problem, I try to help you know, I try to, to come up with that silver lining when it's my own thing. Like, it's funny because my husband has always been very much like, you know, let's look at the, he's, he's, I don't know what he is, but he's always very much like, let's look at the bright side or, well, you know, there's this going on. So like, you know, there is that side to it. And I'll be like, no, just let me like stew in my sadness for a little bit. And then like after I've kind of processed my emotions, I see that silver, that silver lining, that, that positive spin on it. So that's, that's that's so true. I remember specifically when you did that on one of our podcasts, remember when we were talking with, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on it. I have a terrible memory. It was the book bookkeeper. I don't even remember this. Oh, Parker Parker. Yeah. And you were like, you paused and something happened. You're like, well, I'm thinking I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, yep. it was like, dun, dun, well, dun. We were talking you could about- see your face and you were just like, oh my gosh. Like, it was like, and then by the end of the conversation, Ooh. you felt okay. Like, but you yeah. immediately had that like, oh crap. Like, I don't keep track of like a lot of this stuff that yeah. I should be in. So you were like, I'm thinking I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely, I need to take that time to like, I, I need to sit with it. Like when, when someone passes away, you know, like, as I said, my husband will be like, well, they lived a great life. Yeah. And I, and I eventually get there, but like, if it's somebody I'm really close to, I, I, I have to take a second to, or, you know, it's a little while to, to really process those emotions. But as I said, if somebody comes to me with a problem, the first thing I'm going to try and do is be like, well, here, you know, we could do this, we could do that, you know? So I guess I kind of, Personally, I'm a four. Publicly, I'm a seven. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, or you could just be a really healthy, emotionally healthy seven because there's there's like three levels of unhealth where you're just like completely destructive in very specific ways. There's like the average three levels of health where um, this kind of the stereotypes, the memes that you see, like the 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 list that I just shared, very yep. speaking to the stereotype. And then there's three that are very healthy emotionally, and you actually don't look like your type, your behaviors don't look like your type anymore, but your motive is there. So for you, the thing to reflect on is going, and it's really interesting with the four and with the seven, their core drivers have some overlap. So for the seven, their core motive in life, they're running towards happiness, satisfaction, um, experiences freedom. And the worst thing in the world is to be trapped in emotional pain, to be without options. And the four similarly is wanting 
to know the meaning of life. Like they cannot participate and work if it is mundane. Like it has to be very meaningful and deep. Um, the, the difference is going to be rather than feeling like they need freedom and choices and variety, they need to be able to be their authentic self and they want to be accepted for the real them. And so the thing that they don't want is to be mundane or seen as ordinary um, or feel like, gosh, I have to be somebody else in order to yep. be accepted. So I don't know if that helps at all. <clears throat> no, that's totally, you're like talking about my childhood right there. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's also interesting. So the core, um, each, each type has a core childhood message that's kind of running in the background. And for the type four, I don't know if this resonates or not, but it's, it's not okay to be too functional or too happy. And then for the seven, it's, it's not okay to depend on anybody for anything else. And for me as a type seven, when, when I heard that, and then when I started learning about my arrows, like where I go to in stress and where I go to specifically in stress, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, this makes way more sense than what mm -hmm. I thought I, I was as a two. So that, that's something to kind of explore as well. So I do have a follow-up and this isn't something that we had asked in, in our questions. So if you don't, if you don't necessarily have an answer right away, it's fine. How much do we know how much of your type is like innate born, you know, nature versus nurture? How much is that? Cause like, I, like I grew up in, you know, a very turbulent household. So the seven where you can't rely on anyone that very much resonates with me, with me, but it feels more like, because I knew there was, you know, someone specifically that I should have been able to rely on that I couldn't, you know? So I wonder if that kind of stems from that. So how much of it is, do we know nature versus nurture? You know, the, according to Enneagram theory, a lot of it, yes, of course there is some nature in there, but a lot of it is developed through childhood. Um, and that's why they say like, you should never try and type your child. Um, I think sometimes it can be helpful to be like, wow, they're doing something. I got some eight energy going on today or, you know, Ooh, some one energy, but not to be like, oh, my kid who's, you know, 10 or four is type one. You just have no idea because they're not done growing yet. Right. And only you can identify and type yourself. Um, cause only, you know, like why you do what you do, but, um, you know, for you, Kate, it might be interesting to also explore, they call them, um, Oh, your child, soul child type. And so your soul child type is the type that you were born with, but then because of your life experiences as a child, you had to overcompensate. And so for like a seven, um, their soul child would be a five. Um, and that's, that's a very introverted type. They love to sit in the corner and read and gain the knowledge, but for some reason they felt like they couldn't be that person. So they had to overcompensate with being the extrovert, the life of the party. So if that's helpful, like that might be something fun to explore. That's what yeah. I always say. There's so many different pieces and theories to the Enneagram. And if it resonates and it's helpful, like explore it. And if it doesn't, then don't worry about it. Don't just ignore it. So I like that piece. <laughs> just ignore it. <laughs> no, this is all like such good stuff. And I'm like, I'm I so feel like mad. we could talk I'm about so this mad all... that I didn't take the test beforehand. Yeah, but no, Jesse, I want to know your type. <laughs> I know. I know. I'll, I'll shoot you an email after I take, well, you'll yeah. probably get the results if I take it through your, your, um, your website. But, um, 
what, so I know you work with individuals and like Mm -hmm. crafting content based on this whole idea, but what would you say for those listening that maybe are parts of a team or it's not a personal brand and how do they, I mean, maybe they would still, how do they work together? I mean, yeah. Like how do you, how do you manage that? Is it just the, when the brand's personality may not be your personality and then Mm. like if you're in charge of creating content for a brand that's not your personality, you know what I mean? How do you have anything to say to that situation? Well, number one, I actually have a, um, a peer who uses the Enneagram for like playwriters to develop characters, which is really interesting. So it doesn't have to be your that's type. So cool. It's like you can step into, yeah, it is. It's so, I mean, such a yeah. great niche. Yeah. Um, and um, as far as working on, so is the question like how to work on a team or is it more about like how to like share if you, the brand? I would say like a little bit of both, I guess. If you're, let's say you're an agency and, or small agency and you have like five employees and the agency is not a personal brand. So it has like its own personality. How do you create okay. content? I guess, is there like an Enneagram for a brand like does the that's brand a good have, one you know does the brand itself have an enneagram type and then I, and then if you're like let's say you're the you're the content creator for the agency like you're put producing all the internal content like how do say you you're, say they're like a nine and the con the agency is like a a one or something how would yeah. you do that Okay, I've never been asked this question, but I love <laughs> it. I love no, it. I no, I love this yeah, idea. Yeah, such a good question. Because ultimately, like your brand, you de- work to develop a, a persona for it. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. ultimately what these are, like different different personas. So, you know, an example that immediately comes to mind is like if you have a brand that um, is like in the social justice industry, for example, or, or niche, it's like, you might exhibit a lot of like eight energy. Like we are going after this. We are, you know, we are fighting against the oppressor or whatever. And so the, you personally may not have that energy, but you can like embody the directness, the confidence, the power, um, the strength of that eight energy and infuse it in your content and your, yeah, your graphics, your colors for sure. I actually love that idea. Yeah, no, that may, it makes, I mean, it's really not any different. It's just being aware, like, you know, maybe, maybe as like the owner of the brand of the social justice brand, it might align because that's like, you know, you probably wouldn't have started a social justice firm if you didn't believe in that. But if you're like, you know, Jane down, down, you know, downstairs and she's in charge of creating content and she's like a completely different type, like the peacemaker, like she, it's almost like she would have to have like the personality, like you know, described on a board in front of her as she's continually creating this content so that it's like in line with the brand's personality versus hers where she might like want to do it one way, but like knows that for the brand's vision, it's completely different. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I Mm -hmm. love that question, Jesse. That was. Because we do have small agencies and, you know, small brands that, you know, are listening and they're like, well, you know, I'm not, it's not my, it's not a personal brand. It's my agency. And so it has, you know, 
different. Well, even sometimes you want to send, you know, it might be your, your personal brand. And as much as you want it to be yourself, it may, it, you might want to put a different spin on things. So maybe it doesn't necessarily a hundred percent align with your Enneagram type, but you're putting out a public persona. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and another example comes to mind is like, if you have that eight energy personally, like that strong, confident, strong, you know, sometimes intimidating energy, but you are like a, um, I don't know, like have some sort of like health and wellness brand. And it's like, you're trying to be more like calming and soothing. And I, you know, I, I don't know like why you would start that, but you know, that's just <laughs> exactly. another, like, it just kind of also depends on, on the industry as well. Um, to kind of think about like, what are people coming to me for? And that's something else that you can use the Enneagram for, even without knowing their type. It's like, really, as your clients come to you, it's easy to assume, well, they're coming to me because of what I have on my website and because of my value proposition and this offer. But it's like, it, it, it would be beneficial to really explore, like, why are you coming to me? And it's interesting. Like when you ask that question, like what bubbles to the top? And it's like, well, because I believe in it, there's an injustice and I need your branding help to like, help me spread my message. Or I will really want to help others. And I feel like you're, you know, so that that's interesting too, is to even like put yourself on your customers in your customer shoes. Like what do they, what type of vibe and energy do they need from you to feel connected to that brand? Like, what are they looking for? Right. Right. Exactly. Oh, I love that. Oh, this is, Oh my God. As I said, we could talk about this. I know. I know. know? It's so good. Well, and you've got a ton of resources, you know, for people who want to keep looking into this that have kind of been intrigued by this episode, who want to find out first off their Enneagram type. And then secondly, what they can do to kind of get over those, those hurdles as we talked about. So where can people find out more about you and what you, you know, your services and your podcast? Yeah. Well, um, I do have a, a guide that goes through kind of the professional work strengths and struggles for each type to help you start to narrow down what your type is. And that's sarahlynco.com forward slash cocktails and content. Um, and then there's also a resource page on my website that for people who are like, Oh, I love the Enneagram. I've been getting into it. I know my type. Um, there's some additional resources for you to start to explore and learn about your conflict style and the type of energy you bring to your goals and all that kind of good stuff. So that is, um, over there as well at sarahlinco.com. And then, um, the podcast. Yes. I love the podcast. Um, it's fun because, you know, you can read all the Enneagram books and I have many behind me or, um, but ultimately it's about like the human experience. And so I am getting so much life from interviewing people and understanding their types and then how they use it in business, because it's like, only you have this experience. Like, how does this type for show up for you? Like what resonates, what doesn't, how do you use it? How does it hold you back? And that to me is like so interesting and so valuable beyond just like what you could read in a book or an Instagram post. So I I love that. And also for listeners, I think sometimes it can be really validating. I I get that those comments the most probably like, Oh my God, you know, Cindy said this, or John said this. And I'm like, yes, he's in my head. And I, I love those because it is, you don't feel so alone. You don't feel so crazy. You're like, Oh my gosh, this is a thing. Other people do this. That is awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on. I feel like I know more about myself. I feel like Jess is going to go and find out more about Mm -hmm. herself. Yeah. I'm really excited. 
And I hope more people will do the same. So thank you so much, Sarah, for being on the show. We appreciate it. And we hope uh, everybody's gotten some little nuggets, good nuggets today. Mm-hmm. We have. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was great. Thanks having so you. much for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. I just have to say this is so interesting to me. I don't know if anyone else is like as intrigued as I am, maybe because I don't know what type I am. And so I'm kind of like, (laughs) as she was listing them out, I'm like, oh, that could be me. Oh, wait, that could be me. Or, oh, I don't want that to be me. (laughs) Well, especially the roadblocks that she was listing. I was like, oh, I know. Yeah, I know. And I, I, you know, I really love that last question you asked about the, cause I was thinking, you know, I try to, not that I try to completely change who I am, but I try to put out like a bright and sunny persona a lot of the time. Like I'll, I'll get vulnerable on Instagram every once in a while because I, I want people to be able to relate to me. And sometimes I just need to share what's going on in my life, you know, so that it's not all, that it's not all rainbows and sunshine, but I like to kind of put out more of a, a, sunshine persona just because I think there's a lot of negativity out there you know I was listening to um the today show earlier and they were talking about how you know yes and I mean I don't think any of us are going to be shocked by this statement but yes Instagram does affect our you know self-worth and our our self-confidence levels Mm -hmm. um so I think there's a lot that gets put out there that can kind of be negative so I try to put out more positive content yeah. Even sometimes when I'm not necessarily feeling a hundred percent. So I thought that was a really good question when you, when you were talking about, and, and I mean, getting into like the actual business businesses that have like one certain type. I mean, I used to work for a firm that was a engineering firm and I didn't even like the colors. So. Yeah. So in that situation, <laughs> creating content for a brand or a business that you literally cannot relate to relate personally to. like yes. it doesn't mean that you like them or dislike them or maybe no. you do or maybe you don't this but like, doesn't as far as like dive. yeah as far as like aligning like it's almost like you'd be it, it must it takes a acknowledgement I guess of knowing mm-hmm. what the brand's personality is so that you know you can kind of speak to that type of content, but then knowing your own personality type, as she mentioned, you know, there might be ways to overcome some of those blocks, which, you know, was really um, a big topic of the show is, you know, how to create content easily. And so when you understand some of these blocks that you have, some of these imposter yeah. syndromes or some of the the challenges or the strengths, you know, she mentioned like, you know, what is it? Number two, uh, what is it? The list, the listicle, you know, the list. Oh, I love that. Type. Yeah. Like, you know, knowing what content just sort of flows easier, making your mm-hmm. life easier when it comes to content creating. You know, it's, I think anybody could take something interesting out of this. And as, as she did mention, she is, she does have that quiz uh, on her website specifically for cocktails and content listeners. So if you haven't yet figured out your uh, Enneagram type, you can take that quiz which we have linked in the show notes, or um, if you do know what you are, um, that's funny. If you do know what you are, you can check out her resources and, and get a little, you know, I know a lot of places you take the test and then they'll like give you a little blurb and then they'll be like, for more information, you know, here's like the, one of the ones I took was like, here's t- you know, pay 19 bucks 
And she actually has some great free resources on her website that can teach you a little bit more about your type and and maybe some of those things holding you back. So I would definitely, I'm definitely going to be checking those out um, mm-hmm. now that I know what I'm for. And I'm sure Jesse will once she figures out hers. Yeah. We'll, have to, we'll have to share in the show notes, Jesse, what you end up being. That sounds good. Yes. So, so that people actually will know because it's so important. It is. Thank you so much for listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. If you want to check out the show notes, as I said, we'll have all those great links in there. Head to cocktailsandcontentcreation.com. You can also join our Facebook group, Cocktails and Content Creation Community, and we're on Instagram. We'd love it if you'd leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. But for now, I'm Kate Andrews, and you can follow me on Instagram at fashionlykateinco. And I'm Jesse Wyman. You can follow me at Jesse Wyman Photos on Instagram, but I'm also on Instagram at the Brand Photographer Method for anyone looking to get more tips and tricks on brand photography. Make sure to tune in next time for another great episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. Until then, cheers to your next cocktail. And happy content creating.